Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hey guys, and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Haley. And I'm Sam. And happy July, guys. We can't believe summer is halfway over and that summer exams are so close. I mean, Samantha has one next week. I have one in two weeks or so. Um, Yeah. I know. I can't believe it. And that means that school is literally like a month away. So that's really exciting. On another note, thank you everyone who entered the giveaway. We had a lot of entries, more than we expected. We'll have new merch coming out soon, which means we'll probably have another giveaway. So definitely stay tuned for that. So, oh, also join the Facebook group. We've had a lot of people joining and we want you guys to start up some conversations in there. So today we have a guest. Her name is Abby. She is a current 2L, excuse me, <laughs> can't talk. She's a current 2L at OCU Law with us, and she happens to be one of our very good friends. She graduated from Texas A&M. She's a fellow Texan, and we're just so happy to have her on here today. We're going to talk about a few law school things, and then we're going to do an intern diary segment with her later and just dive into what she's doing this summer and ask her a ton of questions. Hey, Abby. Hi, thanks for having me. We are super, super excited to have you on. Obviously, you're our first law school friend that we've had on, and we figured that you would have a lot to say because, you know, every law student has a very different experience, and I think we definitely try to show you guys that. So I'm hoping that you can bring some new insight. Yeah, of course. I think everyone handles law school in a different way. Yeah, for sure. So tell us some of the resources that you used in law school. I know that you've done like a few different things different than us. I know that you did therapy as well as have accommodations. So can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. um, Starting law school, I was very hesitant because I never utilized any of like the community services like available to us. But going in, it was such a stressful environment. Everyone kept telling us to utilize the therapist on campus or the mindfulness session. So for the first month, I didn't really. And then I was struggling pretty bit, like dealing with all my anxiety. And so I made an appointment with the therapist and she turns out to be really cool. And now BFF. So it's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously therapy is a huge proponent. We are all about that here. You said that she became like one of your good friends. Do you think that she really helped you throughout the law school experience? Yeah, it was really helpful just because even if we don't talk about anything that's serious, it's just a person you can vent to 
in the middle of your school day because usually I would have it in between classes. So if something went wrong in class, I would just vent to her. So that's was- so smart because like you can literally just go in there and be like, oh my gosh, I just really screwed up. What do I do? And she can kind of talk you down. Yeah. And honestly, it's the best person to tell secrets to because they legally can't tell no one. <laughs> How would you tell other law students to recognize that they might have to go to therapy. I know there's kind of a stigma against it, especially in the legal community. So what would you say are like some signs that you should maybe seek someone to talk to, even if not, you're not really going through anything, but just to talk to somebody? Um, I think everyone should go see therapy, even if like there is signs or there isn't. But with me, my anxiety was just really high because I've never been in such a competitive environment. So it was really good for me just to be able to talk to someone. And that's really all that you have to do there is talk. And sometimes she'll even talk if you have nothing to say. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's so true about the competitiveness and just feeling like lost or struggling, drowning, all those feelings. I totally can relate to that. So I think talking to a therapist is like 100% a good option. Talking about accommodations, like why, why did you need accommodations and how do you even go about it? I know like they definitely warned us when we started school, like if you need accommodations, like do it now. Also, like if you have maybe ADD or ADHD, go get that diagnosed now. Like what um, is the process for that? So basically when I started law school, I had no idea what the process was and I was really scared. But Um, I just asked one of the advisors we had and she guided me the correct way. Usually there's like a paperwork you fill out. You have to get doctors to send in um, like notes for it. But honestly, the process isn't that hard as long as you have the documentation for it. But I definitely recommend it because it's it will be way harder for you to get accommodations after your final when they're not going to change your grade. So you might as well go ahead and get those accommodations before you sit for a three-hour exam. Yeah. And I mean, we've had teachers tell us that. So do either of you know what kind of things you can get accommodations for? Some people get additional time for like ADHD. Um, Mine was really rare because mine was kind of a physical accommodation because of my back because I can't sit for three hours. So They actually told me mine was unique, but a lot of them is for like um, learning disabilities. Gotcha. So people with potential or past learning disabilities should definitely look at accommodations. You heard it here first, guys. Definitely take care of that and get out there and get that before fall starts. So because this online schedule and hybrid schedule is going to be crazy. So you want to make sure that you're in the best case scenario when finals roll around. Since you had accommodations during Zoom School of Law, as we like to call it, um, how is that different from the accommodations that you received first semester? Um, Zoom kind of made it a little easier just because I was in my own room and my accommodation is to get up and be able to stretch my legs and move around for a bit. When I took finals on campus, it was actually kind of hard because I was in a room with people that got distracted easily, but my accommodation was to get up and move. So I kind of felt like the outcast, but it was fine. (laughs) Well, at least you're getting a little bit of extra exercise. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely know that we all had to have a meeting with um, our academic success advisor. Um, And I know that, like I said, we all had to have meetings with him. Did you find yourself talking to him more um, throughout the semester? And what did he like? What purpose did he serve you? I actually met with him a few times, the one required meeting. And then I followed up with him about potentially graduating early. But also he's 
gone over my school schedule fall and summer. So he was really helpful with trying to tell me what professors were good and what's bad. And he promised to tell me the truth about if the professors were really bad or not. (laughs) So he's cool. I think too, with the student success meeting, I mean, y'all tell me if you disagree. I think it's what you make it to. Like you met up with him more and you just use those resources. And I think that that's so important with, I mean, if you don't have an academic success advisor at your school, you definitely have like student services or academic services. And those are the people that you should use to your advantage and have them look at your schedule, your resume, cover letter, all those things. Um, Cause they're there to help you. Abby, are there any other resources that you took advantage of that we didn't mention already? One thing I would say that I took part of when it went to Zoom was the mindfulness sessions. It's pretty much meditation. And I have got on that trend of liking meditation. Just You can even do it by yourself in the morning just to clear your mind and start the day fresh. Awesome. I definitely wanted to participate in those as well, but I always find an excuse to not find time, you know? Yeah, or it's just at the most random time. So, I mean, I guess during Zoom, school of law didn't really matter. But yeah, it was like random times. I know sometimes during school year, like we had class right during it. So, I mean, I think that meditating is really nice and it's probably really good in the mornings too. Are there any other resources that you think the school should add? During finals time, they did, I don't know if y'all got a massage when they had people come to the campus. I recommend more of those, please. <laughs> yeah, 100% yes. more massages. If you're listening at our school, please more massages. Like, literally so good. Maybe extra hand sanitizer because coronavirus, but it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be crazy. Today, we were talking about it. Sorry. Today, we were talking about it um, at our at my internship, and they were saying about how we're going to have to walk a certain way, and any class with more than 40 people is going to be online, which Every single one of my classes, and probably theirs too, are more than 40 people. Wait, so, wait, is that official? I mean, that is the word on the street. The word on the street. That's how they're, that's how they're deciding if wait, it's a hybrid. Does that mean that every basically one of our classes, we're all online yes, then? Because Well, it, this is news to me, guys. So I mean, this is not a live this is, reaction. This isn't, this isn't like <laughs> set in stone. I mean, but they have to follow CDC guidelines, and our classrooms aren't quite large enough to have us all spread out and so I think that that's kind of why they were saying this hybrid schedule but really who's taking a class like most people are you know as 2Ls are not taking classes with less than 40 people yeah I mean there really aren't many classes that are like that they're mostly 3L classes probably some 2L classes I'm sure like that like you know adjudication and the classes that are more trial or excuse me like practice based I mean, yeah, like I said, this is just a rumor I heard, but I know for sure that other schools are doing, have been talking about this and, you know, we didn't really get a set guidelines. We got our, um, they just kind of told us what we were going to do, um, based on the current moment. And as we all know, it's gone really bad. So yeah, I saw today in the news that Oklahoma had 585 cases yesterday. So, um, that's great. Please wear your mask. Yeah. Like Please, and if you're in Florida or Texas right now, please wear your mask. I saw Florida had like 10,000 cases yesterday. I know. Sorry, I had to say all that. I mean, on my soapbox, but I mean, yeah, resources that the school can have, more hand sanitizer. That's what brought it up in my head, right? Like, I don't even know what more resources they're going to be able to add because this is is just crazy. Some cute face masks with a school insignia. Ooh, I like that idea. For free? 
like in a goodie bag. I mean, are maybe you guys we should listening? all get our school to do this. <laughs> <laughs> just ideas, just ideas. But um, I guess another resource that will tie perfectly into our intern diary segment would be the career services center at our school. Abby, did you use them at all? Yes, I actually went twice for my resume. The first time they told me it was awful. The second time it was better. And then I went for my cover letter. So obviously you needed these things to apply for internships this past spring. And um, so how did that interview process start? And like, how did you go about the on-campus interviews? Okay, so shortly after grades come out, there's a process they call like the bidding process where basically you upload your resume, your cover letter, and your transcript, and you submit it to bids online on our Simplicity portal. And basically, they'll email you in like two weeks telling you if they want to offer you an interview or not. And if you get one, cool. If you don't, like, I guess they didn't want you. I don't (laughs) But someone wants you out there, okay, guys? Yeah. It's not the only option out there. I mean, I got about four rejection emails and about two emails that they wanted to give me interviews. So, hey, it makes you stronger, you know? I mean, definitely was a therapy topic when I kept getting denials in my inbox during class. You're like, I've got to talk to you right now. (laughs) Hey, but haven't we dealt with it all? I remember like when I was uh, applying to law schools and like I would get a rejection in the middle of class, I'd be like, oh, well this is my dream school so I'll just cry silently Uh, basically so rejection is gonna happen a lot in law school I think uh so it's just part of the process don't you think I mean yeah I feel like it was an honor for you to get to do on-campus interviews especially as a 1L and I mean the fact that like you got two callbacks that's pretty awesome that's what my therapist said wow So since you got the two callbacks, and obviously that's better than a lot of people, what are your best tips for impressing a future employer during an interview? I mean, honestly, I would know a lot about the firm. I mean, you don't have to go overboard, but I mean, know what they practice if they have questions. I mean, they're obviously going to have questions, but like directed questions, I always try to answer with something I'm interested in from their firm. I mean, you can honestly find this all on the website usually. So it's not that hard. Yeah. I totally like a hundred percent agree with you. I think too, um, what you're saying about like knowing what they practice, that's a huge one. Like I would hope that you know that. And Oh, I think too, another tip would be to like use their website to kind of have questions for when they're like, do you have any questions for me? So it kind of seems like you're paying attention or care that you care. (laughs) Exactly. I know when they ask you if you have any questions, you better have a question. Don't say, no, I got it. Like it, when you ask a question, it shows the initiative. So what were some of the questions that you asked during your interviews? Usually when they would ask if I had any questions at the end, I would just ask them what the culture was like in their firm. Also, it, also I interviewed with a firm that was all female. I also interviewed with a firm that was all male. So I was very interested to see how it works there. Another question I've asked was what do they expect of like me as an intern? Like what would my everyday duties be? Such a good question. Put that down. Everybody ask that. Write that down as Mr. Our contracts professor would say. (laughs) Exactly. Write this down. 
All right. So where did you end up getting an internship? Is it in public interest? Is it a private firm? Um, Where did you land? I actually landed at a private firm, not even from the bidding process. I didn't get any of those interviews, but I kept applying. See, that's awesome. At random jobs. And they actually hired me in the interviews. So yay. That is awesome. And what kind of law do they specialize in? It's mainly civil. So as like a civil firm, I mean, you know that me and Samantha are both doing basically criminal law stuff this summer. So just tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, a lot of what I've been working on is oil and gas, and I really didn't know much about that, my first exposure to this. But one really cool thing of working at a civil firm, I'm actually seeing like contracts come to life and torts come to life. We do a lot of negligence cases and things like that. So it's really interesting to see all of those elements I learned actually be applied in court cases. So when did you start and what do you recommend for new interns that start up at a firm? Like what should they be looking out for their first week or prepare before they start? I actually started in March and then went on spring break and then coronavirus happened and then I did not return until the end of May. But Something I recommend for the first week of interns is, honestly, I would just try to get to know everyone, make friends with the paralegals. They can save your life. So that would be my recommendation is try to make friends with everyone and let them know that you're there to make their life easier. That's basically an intern's job. Be proactive, right? Like you have to sometimes look for the work and definitely like you're saying, you know, be on top of it. Yeah, there's always something to be done. They may just not tell you to do it. So when you don't know what to do, let's say a lawyer comes to you and he's like, do X, Y, Z. Where do you go to figure it out if you have no idea what they're talking about? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. Honestly, if I have no idea, I go to the paralegal. She's my girl. But 
After that, if they're wanting me to draft something I've never drafted before, Lexus Nexus is my girl too. Hey. So you're a Lexus girl? Yeah, they just have a okay research. I would say Westlaw, okay, but like forms, like samples of stuff. Lexus. That's such a cool feature. I never knew they had. So, what kind of forms do they have on there? Like everything, or like just civil, or what is it like on there? I mean, I've only really looked up civil, so I'm not sure on the criminal side. But they have everything I've needed so far. At least it is an example. Um, so what is a typical day at work versus a typical day working from home now that we're still dealing with, um, COVID? I mean, at work, it was definitely a little more active because I got to sit in on some like client meetings and just have interactions with different attorneys and them update you on cases versus at home. I'm mainly indexing discovery for a huge oil and gas case. Or I'm getting calls from the office asking them or asking me to do research for them. What kind of research are you doing? Well, recently I was working on um, employee rights, um, but that wasn't going too well. (laughs) What makes you say that? Because employment at will, you basically have no right. True. Uh Oh, contracts. Flashbacks. Like, let me see your contract uh, and I can tell you if you have a legal remedy or not. I know. I was pulling out my contract flashcards about to argue promissory estoppel because we're in trouble. (laughs) Oh no, that's not a good sign. Your poor client. So how has, other than having to work from home now, has COVID affected any of um, your internship? Like, are you seeing any cases arise from what's going on right now? I mean, my firm hasn't personally had a COVID case arise. I've just been seeing the ones in the news. Like 1,300 cases are up because COVID. But um, the only thing I'm a little sad about with COVID is I'm not allowed to go to court with the attorneys just because of how strict it is right now. But so that's a little sad, but I would rather be safe than sorry. Of course. I mean, it's just not worth it. And yeah, I mean, it's probably best that you stay out of the courthouse (laughs) coming from someone who sits in there every day. I guess what a lot of us, me included, want to know is... At a civil firm, you said you, you go across contracts, you go across torts, you know, does your firm specialize in certain things or do, is all of that made up of oil and gas or, you know, how does all that work? Do you see certain cases and that's how it progresses or is it mostly just all lumped some together? I mean, it's kind of lumped some. I mean, some days I'm working on oil and gas and another day we could get a wrongful death suit. They walk in and just throw at me. So it's a really good variety, and that's why I like it so much, because I'm getting to dabble in a lot of the civil side. And that's such a huge side. I, I, I never really understood that, and I think that that's really interesting that it's very lump sum together, and it almost sounds like employment equals contracts towards and this. So, you know, I think that's very interesting to hear and kind of put together because, you know, as a, as a novice in the legal field myself, I feel like you know, it's kind of hard to see the big picture of that and how civil law works. I mean, all of our classes were civil classes basically this past year. So that's really cool that you get to use all those skills and really fine tune them. Also, it's just so different from what Haley and I are doing that it's just really interesting to see like what potentially we could be doing um, as well if we ever end up at a firm. Yeah, Abby. So what do you want to do when you graduate? 
Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm hoping something just directs my path. And I obviously I kind of want to do more plaintiff work if possible. But I'm not sure if I'll work for the government yet or what. Yeah, do you think you'll, you know, ever come try some criminal stuff or you think that you'll, I mean, I know you said that you want to do civil as well, but do you ever think you'll intern or extern at a DA or PD's office or something like that? Yeah, I definitely think um, one of my externships, I'm going to focus towards criminal because I really want to dip my toe in the water because that's actually what my interest was coming into law school, but I hated criminal law so much. Um, probably because of the professor, no names, but I really want to give it another chance and try it out. Yeah. It's just crazy how big civil law is. I know I just keep saying that, but you know, it's interesting that we're on two sides of the spectrum and I really feel like civil law is where law is made. Um, you know, criminal law is very, um, set and, you know, blocks, building blocks. You just kind of like Samantha said a few episodes ago, it's very like, you know what this is and we're going to charge you for this and this is how this works. So do you feel like you uh, do like, I know you said you do research, but do you feel like that ever comes into play or have you ever noticed that in civil law, it just being so large and vast that it could be almost like endless? I mean, civil law, there's a lot of options. I realized that when I wrote my first demand letter and they were like, what claims do you want to put on it? And I could literally list like eight claims. I mean, don't know if they're all going to stick, but it's just huge. And I feel like a lot of people don't know that because it's not really what's televised. So, I mean, you get all the drama and the ratings from the criminal law. So civil law is kind of like put in the back, but it's actually actually really lucrative and a lot of people don't even know that civil can have like jury trials still like it can be a full-blown trial of course yeah and that's so true I mean I think it's uh it's very similar it's legal obviously but yeah you're right it's it's different doing plaintiff work like what you're describing um you know in criminal law we don't have a plaintiff and it took me a sec to realize like Oh, because civil law, that's not the state, right? Like, it's simple things sometimes that you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so dumb for not realizing that. It's the smallest differences that make the biggest difference, you know? Uh, I totally agree. One cool thing about civil is you can sue the state. Ooh, you can do that, right? (laughs) I'm in for you, Haley. (laughs) Um, I guess just to wrap it up, do you have any last minute tips for incoming 1Ls this fall? I would just say try your best and like keep pushing through. I know it'll seem hard because you don't really have like a benchmark of where you're at until final grades, but I would just don't get behind because you won't catch up and keep moving forward. For sure. So you say like, don't get behind. What what does that mean to you? You know, everyone else, like we've talked about the reading schedule and things like that. And we've gotten a lot of questions. So what does don't get behind, like I said, mean to you? I mean, obviously, keep up with your readings. One habit I forced upon myself first year was to update my outlines every Friday consecutively. And since I did that, I was never left at the end of the semester with like seven pages to add to my outline. I was pretty much done and could delete some of the stuff I felt like I already had. So it was really beneficial. So I would definitely recommend that. We always like to plug outline making because it's honestly the best way to study. And clearly, Abby is a product of that studying because she did really, really well at school. So congrats, Abby. (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so outlining, that's a huge one. Did you use any other like tricks for studying? I, I know you mentioned flashcards. So can you tell me a little bit about, uh, or tell everyone a little bit about that? Yeah, honestly, for contracts and torts, I lived for flashcards just because there's so like intentional torts. There were so many and so many elements that during Thanksgiving, I literally took home all my flashcards and would just sit there and flip through just so I could have it brained in my head so when finals time came around it just flew out yeah for sure okay so going back to outlines how did you know where to start with your outline because I know that was something for me my first semester I didn't even know where to start so how did you know what to put in it and like how, how did you outline every Friday honestly at the beginning of the semester I put everything in it I didn't really know what was important what was not important but as the semester went on and I like kind of understood what the teacher was wanting, then I could cut down a bunch. The teacher will start telling you, I'm not giving points for case names or case facts. So when they started saying that, I started deleting a lot from my outline. So I would just really listen to what your professor tells you and try to cut down from there. So smart. That's really good advice. Yeah, those are really good pointers. Um, Because remember, everyone does outlines very differently. So it's really important to figure out what works best for you. So... As we've said many times before, make those outlines. It's huge. I mean, like Samantha said, Abby is a product of that study technique that kicks butt. So I wish I would have done what she did. (laughs) Um, So Abby is launching a blog this fall about being a woman in the professional world. So when that drops, we will definitely link link all of her stuff below in her with her Instagram, and you'll see it all on our Instagram. Um, so we just want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day, because I know we have that insurance final <laughs> this week. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on here, Abby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Abby. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, I hope you enjoyed this interview with our great friend, Abby. I know she gave us some awesome tips and some things. Like I said, I wish I would have done LOL, but you know, you can't live with regrets. So make sure all my future one L's are out there getting ready and know that they should be outlining. Yes. And Abby is part of the Facebook group. So you guys should definitely join in if you want to ask her all your study questions, because I'm not lying. She's really smart. Um, so she'd be a great asset to your yeah, study arsenal. Mean, there's other great gals out there just like Abby that can help answer questions. Just like you guys ask us questions in the DMs. Now, if you join the Facebook group, there's so many great ladies out there and some guys too that are in the group that you can also ask. So now that you've met Abby, don't be afraid to reach out to her. And we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you again next week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ladies Who Law School Podcast and also like us on Facebook. Um, Make sure to wash your hands, wear a mask, be safe and be healthy. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>